You're listening to the Empowering Her podcast. I'm Melody Pormorati. Welcome, welcome. Uh, as we know, May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and uh, I had a beautiful conversation with my friend Nina Spears of The Baby Chick uh, about how we can mind our own mental health a little bit of leaning into our own inner tools, getting help when we need it, knowing the difference, um, and just an overall mental health check-in for ourselves. And uh, we, every once in a while, I love to do Instagram lives with uh, my friends and people who are out there just spreading an amazing message on the planet. And Nina is definitely one of those people. So please take a listen. Uh, If this episode serves you, share it with a friend, share it with someone who will find value in it. And uh, if you haven't done so already, leave a review on our podcast if it is impacting you in a positive way. I'm so, so grateful for your listenership. And I very much hope that you enjoy this episode with Nina. Hello, Nina. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. I'm well. How are you? I'm really good. Thank you so much. It's good to see you. I can't believe that you're still joining me considering the last like 24 hours that you have had. (laughs) Yes. That's why I don't look as lovely as you, but that's okay. (laughs) Oh my God. You look so lovely. And you know, I love your background always as well. It's like so fun. Um, what, why don't you give a little intro t- as to who you are and, and then share with us what you've been doing the last, oh the last 24 to 48 hours. Fascinating yes. stuff. <laughs> oh, you're so kind. You're so kind. So hello, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us. My name is Nina Spears. I am the fa- co-founder and editor-in-chief at Baby Chick. We are a digital media resource for expecting and new moms, catering everything from pregnancy, birth, postpartum to parenthood. I have been personally helping moms for the past 11 years as a baby planner, a birth doula, a postpartum doula, childbirth educator, newborn care educator, infant massage instructor, and more. I've assisted over 700 families, been to over 300 births. I was just out of birth (laughs) the other day. I got home yesterday, but I was with her for almost 24 hours. So I didn't get any sleep the night before. So last night I was trying to catch up on as much sleep as possible. So, so yes, and I'm just so happy to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me um, to chat about this important topic. Of course, my goodness, Nina, you wear so many hats. I'm like kind of sweating just listening to you talk about all the different things that you do. And, and I'm curious how you do it all. Like, how, how are you doing it all? Like, what do you have in place to help you? (laughs) Well, I think I'm crazy, um, part of it. Um, But no, I think think there's a fine line between crazy and passionate. And obviously, I'm just very passionate. My, I think what I was made to do is to support families and to to be there um, during their pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and parenthood. And so I'm just extremely passionate. And, and you can't do it without support. So my business partner is my husband. We do this full time. And we have a wonderful team. Um, we have a t- It's eight of us who really do as much as we possibly can to inspire, educate, uplift mamas. So yeah, there's no way I could do it <laughs> without, without everyone's help. 
Amazing. It takes a village, right? It really does. Whether we're talking professionally or personally in life, we need to use our village. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yes. And I feel like our listeners also, or our viewers, if there's any from my side, they need to learn about your whole history as well. <laughs> sure. Well, I'm so grateful that you and I connected on your amazing podcast. That was the first time we we had a conversation. So I'm Melody Pormorati and I, I wear a lot of hats in the empowerment world. I'm super passionate about empowering women to empower themselves and then take that to the girls. So I train women in my uh, certification program to run profitable girls empowerment workshops um, and really just nurture themselves personally, professionally, financially in all the ways and I always say when we do that for ourselves, then we can lead by example. And that's exactly what we need to be sharing with girls today. And um, one, one of the stats I always share, and I know you, I shared it with you on the podcast, is that a girl's self-confidence peaks at age nine, which is really heart shattering to me. And we are literally in the business of changing this statistic. And that kind of brings me into what we're chatting about today, really. I was just reading the statistics, like it is Mental Health Awareness Month. I think every month should be Mental Health Awareness Month. Um, but unfortunately, anxiety and depression, suicide attempts, like all the things, especially for uh, our younger demographics, they've really gone up, especially because of the last two years, the pandemic, COVID. Um, not really knowing how how to to cope with all the newness and all of the uncertainty and so i think you and i just kind of wanted to come together talk about some of the ways that we um nurture our own mental wellness and maybe yeah. some ways that we can we can bring that to children bring it to mothers um i i would love to start off by sharing that when i was younger I was always, um, I, I always had stomach aches from as young as I could remember. I always had these really de almost debilitating stomach aches to the point where some days I would be home from school. And my mom would take me from doctor to doctor to doctor trying to figure out why at this young age I have so much pain in my stomach. And every single time we came home from the doctor, the doctor would say, clean bill of health, Melody is physically doing just fine. There's absolutely nothing wrong with her. And while that's what every mother wants to hear, you know, she was scratching her head, wondering, well, what is it that's going on with her? Why every single morning is she feeling sick? And, you know, the truth is I learned to live with the pain, but it wasn't until my 20s and 30s when I became a student of human potential and psychology um, and, and, you know, really getting in touch with my own wellness, where I realized that what I was actually experiencing and didn't really have a name to give it at the time was anxiety and a little bit of depression, if I'm being honest. Yeah. And it just wasn't what it is today. There wasn't the awareness in the 80s and 90s that there is today around this topic. Mm -hmm. um, but that's what I was going through. And it wasn't until I started to understand that, oh, this is anxiety, where I realized it was like a very different prescription. Like it wasn't going to be a medication that was going to help me. It was really going to be a lot of self-love and healing and understanding what it is that makes me anxious the way that I do. And, and today I'm a 44-year-old woman and I can say I live with anxiety, but I've also really devoted my entire life 
to figuring out how to use our own inner tools, the inner tools that each of us are born with to, to really help us in moments of anxiety. Um, and so that's just like a little story about me and my own mental health and my own wellness journey. And um, if, if you have anything to share on that topic as well, I, I'd love to love to hear about it. I'm so, and thank you so much for being open and sharing that because I think that's a huge, I think there's this stigma of, oh, if I share with people that I've experienced some mental health um, issues that, that that makes me weaker or something's wrong with me. And I think that's a huge part of, you know, this whole mental health awareness month is to really share our stories and break the stigma so that more people can realize that this more people than you know, probably are suffering from one of these things. And also when they think of mental health, they may just think of only like depression. And there's, there's so many more, that's like a mood disorder, but then there's anxiety disorders. Like you were saying, like, you know, like when when ma, when a woman becomes a mother, they only really hear about postpartum depression. And I'm like, yeah, mm -hmm. but there's also postpartum anxiety and postpartum OCD. And there's there's so many other things. Um, also, like postpartum, like trauma, like the traumatic disorder. Um, and so so I, I really hope that people recognize it's more than just like depression or bipolar. Um, but there's also like anxiety disorders and like traumatic uh, stress and phobias and things like that. And talking about these things and really educating people about them makes them realize, okay, there, there are more things. Maybe what I'm feeling is something more than, than, it, than what I'm wanting to give it credit to. I'm just brushing it under the, uh, the rug. Um, but I, I need to talk about it. I need to let this out and I need to feel better. And I'm so glad because it's so true when they say children have, you know, chronic stomach aches, it's probably, it's probably anxiety. So um, I'm so glad that you shared that story because anyone out there who has children who are having, who is experiencing that um, to, to speak with like a mental health professional is, is so helpful. Um, but yeah, for myself, I also experienced um, depression and anxiety as a preteen. Um, I went through a lot of bullying um, in elementary school. Um, and it was in middle school uh, that I was in a really bad place. Um, and I laugh about it because I think that's what we do to like make it better. Um, but you know, it's sad. It's And we think that, oh, you know, being a child, um, it's not that hard. You're supposed to have fun, but we're learning about life. We're learning about ourselves. We're learning what's normal and accepted and not accepted. And, um, and as parents, we're just trying to teach them that, that they are, they are enough that who they are and guide them through that. So, so yeah, I also, um, had a really hard time and had to go on like antidepressants and, um, see a therapist, um, when I was, in sixth and seventh grade. Um, so luckily I've, you know, learned some good tools since then and haven't needed help other than just talk therapy, seeing as, you know, uh, um, you know, a talk therapist um, every now and then when you get stressed. But, but yes, I think again, I appreciate when other people share their stories um, and recognize that getting help and asking for help and certain signs and symptoms, like what these are, so they can hopefully get help for themselves too. Yeah, yeah. And I appreciate you sharing all of that. Like, I think one of the 
the most important key factors that you just shared is that, you know, we need to remove the stigma and mm -hmm. slowly we're doing that. Like we need to be okay to talk about these things. Everyone is experiencing their own journey here. And um, I, I think we've been taught to feel like when we share about like mm -hmm. some of the more difficult stuff that there, there's something wrong with that. And I think that that's actually where the connection comes in. And so when we can come in here, us doing this and everyone has their own way of bringing that awareness to it. Um, I think there's so much healing that can take place. And, and I always say like, when, when you've got something to share, like when you've somehow come out on the other side of a challenge, there's yeah. nothing more healing, heart opening, beautiful than going out there and sharing it in your own way, like mm. screaming it off of the rooftops because we need more of that. That's what we need more of. We need to know that we are not alone. Yeah. Um, and I also very much appreciate you sharing about your own journey as, as a preteen and a teen because um, you're, you're so not alone in that either. And I'm yeah. sure at the time you might've, might have been very isolating because, mm -hmm. uh, people weren't talking about it, but, um, but it is so, so great to hear you sharing about that time and sharing that sometimes we laugh about it, right? Because that's a coping yeah. mechanism, Yeah. right? We yeah. do that. We do that. Yeah. And that's okay. Like we need to do whatever it is that we can do. I um, recently had my daughter on my podcast. It was the 100th episode of the Empowering Her podcast. And I asked her if she would come on and um, it happened to be Mother's Day. So she said yes. Right. And uh, she came on the podcast and she actually shared a little bit about her own mental health journey. She struggles with anxiety and um, it's so beautiful to actually watch her use her own inner tools and to to see what she has done to help herself and she talks about it in the podcast so eloquently really for a 15 year old uh she talked about how um she knows like she knows the tools that she needs to to use she knows that she needs to not care about what other people think of her and while 50 percent of the time she can actually do that and feel that the other 50% of the time, it's actually very difficult to do that. And it's important to call that out. So, so I think the first step is always just a willingness, like to notice that something doesn't feel right and to be willing to, to talk about it, even if it's talking to yourself about it and acknowledging it for yourself before you can take that next step of um, getting some help from, you know, whether it's a psychiatrist or a psychologist or a guidance counselor or a friend, like there are so many ways and people that we can lean on um, to get the support that that we need. Right. Um, any, any ways that you like have have noticed people that you've worked with um, be able to give that self self love, self awareness, um, and acknowledgement really that something just doesn't feel right in, in your own world. I think the first thing is preparation is the first tool, um, especially if you're becoming a mom. I think so many people plan and prepare for the birth. They think about their birth plan and the nursery, but they don't think about what life really is going to be like with their newborn. And that's why I highly stress that creating a postpartum plan is just as important, if not more important than creating a birth plan and really thinking about what you're going to do to set yourself up for success 
to get the support that you need and honestly deserve. And to also think about, have I experienced any mental health issues in my past? Because if I did, I am more likely to experience them postpartum. And so if you already know that you've experienced anxiety or depression or anything like that um, in your preteen years or young adult years, um, it can surface potentially after you have a baby and getting that support lined up, just knowing what your local resources are. So if you start not feeling like yourself, you're not enjoying the things that you used to, your thoughts don't seem as logical, maybe you know, um, you don't wanna wash the baby because you're afraid you're gonna hurt the baby or you don't wanna walk down the stairs with the baby because you're afraid you'll drop the baby and you're, you're you're stressing about things that, um, you know, some are normal, but some can be a little bit more exaggerated. So if you start recognizing some things that you just know, like aren't normal, and that's when you need to talk to somebody and reaching out. But I really think the very first step is educating yourself on those things when you're pregnant. So that way you can be prepared and not have to be doing that research when you're already sleep deprived, recovering from childbirth, and then trying to find those resources. So that's usually my very first thing when you are a new mom um, mm -hmm. and, and you're preparing for that baby is to really prepare for life with that newborn. That's so, that's so smart because yeah, like I'm thinking about my own experience with my girls, they're twins. And all I was really thinking of is making it through the pregnancy, sure. right? Like in a, yeah. in a healthy way, right? The pregnancy, the birth for me, it was like, it, it was a very tough pregnancy. So I just, I needed to like focus on one day at a time. And yeah, I wasn't really thinking a ton about what comes next. Like how, how am I going to feel afterwards? I was just like, so it's very, you're very right. It's very important to think about what comes next. And so you share that. Um, if you've already had anxiety, depression, um, any any of those symptoms in your life, that it's really important to understand that we may actually experience it after having our babies. So how can we, and maybe there's no answer to this, and maybe we could just talk it out, but how can we remove the stigma? Because I, again, I know and I remember what it felt like afterwards. And, and you don't, want to share because i think there is all this like judgment or i should say narrative of like after the baby's born you should you know you should be in the most blissful time of your life and and like there are all these ideations people put on that time of a woman's life mm -hmm. and when you're not feeling it there might be some element of shame or you know like like why don't I feel the way I'm supposed to feel after I give birth? Like, how do we remove those barriers to us actually coming out and getting the help that we need? So again, that's, I think, education. And that's another thing that I bring up to moms is that some moms, when they have that baby on their chest, yes, they feel that overwhelming sense of love and connection. And But I also like to tell moms what's also very normal is to feel like, oh, thank God that's over. I'm so tired. <laughs> and right. like, oh, you're like, I remember like looking at my son, I pushed for three hours and he finally came on my chest and I immediately thought, oh my God, you're huge. And thank God this is done. Like I'm, right. I wasn't thinking, oh, you're beautiful. And I'm so happy right. you're here. 
like I was happy he was here, but in the sense of like a selfishness, like I'm so glad I'm done with this. <laughs> um, and and to be honest, like I loved him. He was my son, but it wasn't like this obsession, this, oh my God, you just complete me. It was like, okay, here's my son. We're going to learn about each other. And that's also normal. And I think that telling people that, like that having that immediate bond, yes, it can come for some immediately, but for some it's learned and that's okay too. So recognizing that, that there's nothing wrong with you. Um, if you don't feel that immediate, you know, bonding. Um, and then also if you're feeling a sense of there's still no bonding and maybe you're experiencing some baby blues, um, recognizing the signs of baby blues versus postpartum depression is also really important. Um, so we, you know, we have some great articles about that so people can learn the difference. Um, but also I think a, another big important thing to do is to find a safe person, like a safe person that cares about you, you care about them and they're, they are more than happy to listen to you and you talk about your feelings because that, that I think is like the biggest thing, um, to really find a friend or a family member who you love and loves you that you can call, you know, and talk to them during your pregnancy. Hey, if I'm having a hard time, would it be okay that I call you? Um, what are some okay times to call you? Can I call you at night? Can I call you during the day and kind of give them that just warning? Maybe you never need to call them, but maybe you do. And so then they're not surprised or, you know, oh my gosh, why is this person calling me? This is a lot of emotion or, you know, but if you prepare them ahead of time, like, hey, I know I'm going to have a baby. I know that my hormones are going to be all over the place. I know that this is a whole new thing. Even if it's baby number two or three or four, like it's an addition to your family. It's still you know, growth and change. And so finding safe people that you can talk to that are, that you've really established. Okay. I, they said that it's okay for me to call at night. They've said it's okay for me to call during the day because they have, you know, working hours or they have kids or whatever. Um, I think that those are like some really important things to establish um, so that you have that support after you have your baby. I love that. And, and I feel like everything you're sharing, like whether we're talking to women who are um, postpartum or pregnant, or we're talking to children, like those are two amazing tips. Like the first one being, you basically gave us permission to feel what we feel, permission yeah. to feel what you feel, right? Like to not be, you know, to not feel bad about it, to not feel shameful about it, feel what you feel, because the only way that you're going to, you know, move through it is to let it move through you in your yeah. own way. And yeah. then the second piece, which is also brilliant, is have a person, like have your person. Um, and, you know, I, I think that that's so important. Like for my daughters, even they have their people like and we've helped them establish that. Right. Because maybe yeah. they don't know to do it for themselves. But there are certain people in our friend and family groups that we call on to, like, reach out to them and chat with them and you know, just just to be that kind of support and mentorship and someone to to feel comfortable talking to knowing it's not going to go beyond them. So it's really great. Like if, you know, if you don't feel like going to a, a mental health practitioner or getting yourself a life coach or doing any of the many other options and opportunities you have to get support, just even having a person, I think, is a really, really big one. 
Yeah, and establishing yeah. they're a safe person. You know that they're not going to share what you share with that other, you know, what you shared with them. They're not going to share it with others and that they really do have like your best interests at heart um, because yeah. some people are like, oh, you're my friend. I feel like I can talk to you about things, but really make sure that they're a safe person. For sure, for sure. I always say we have friends for different reasons, right? Mm -hmm. Like we have the friends who we hang out with and have the best time with. And then we have the friends who we different reasons, just knowing, knowing the difference as you so beautifully pointed out. I think that's very important. Um, any tools that you use in your own life that, that you feel like sharing with us, like any, just like quick, quick acting tools in the moment when the anxiety hits or a tough moment happens or stress, um, what you, what your go-tos are. Yeah. Um, so I wrote these out and please Melody add, because you are obviously like the pro with all of this stuff and empowering <laughs> girls. But, um, I think like we just talked about, I think it's important to keep in touch. I think that when we're feeling stressed and, and everything is just piling on us, we, we move away from our friends and then we feel like we need to get on the apology tour and apologize to our friends. I'm so sorry. I haven't been in touch. I'm so did it. So I think it's like, making that even if it's just a quick text message thinking of you like hey would love to catch up just keeping in touch um so make that social connection a priority um for your people who love you and you love um and especially that face-to-face -face time because while like phone calls and text messages are 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 great um there's just nothing that can beat like the power of good quality face-to-face -face time uh with the people that you care about um so definitely that keep in touch um i say don't skimp on sleep and i know for people who have kids they're like haha that's really funny um but you really have to then and i know that there's this balance of i've been caring so much about other people i need to stay awake to have like some alone time for me. And if that recharges you, great. But for mental health, sleep is so important. And so really just saying like, I know the social media is great and we're on it right now. It has such a powerful tool, but like turn off the TV, turn off the tablets, turn off the phone and really lay down and get some sleep because sleep will make your mind and body feel so much better. It really needs that to um, recharge itself. So I think that that's so important. And if you have a little, little, little one and they're waking up all the time, seeing if you can have someone come over during the day so that you can take a good nap to really catch up on your sleep, I think is so important because I know that when my daughter was waking up every hour for six months, I was a lunatic <laughs> um, and I really, <laughs> right, <to>. so. <laughs> yes, I was, um, I really leaned on my husband to help me out um, during the day and we had a nanny so that I could try and catch up on some rest um, on those times because I just, I couldn't handle it. <laughs> um, so, and that's another point that I'll get to, but keeping active, we know that like, you know, keeping regular exercise can boost our self-esteem and can help us with concentration and um, all of that. And eating well, our brain needs like a mix of nutrients in order to stay healthy and function well. So that's really important too. And um, yeah, and I talked about safe people, but also like 
appeal to your senses? Like, does listening to a, uh, you know, an uplifting song make you feel better or calm? Or does like squeezing a stress ball really um, help relieve that stress and help you feel centered? Or like, what about taking a walk in nature and enjoying the sights and sounds of the trees and the birds and the fresh air? Like, you know, everyone responds to sensory a little differently. And so experiment, like what, what works best for you? For me, it's getting outside and letting that sun hit my face and fresh air and just listening to nature and looking at clouds or stars or whatever to just connect with something else. Um, is is really helpful for me, especially without children, <laughs> that I don't have to watch another little person. I say, okay, I need just you know five ten minutes for me to breathe, and I'll play some relaxing music I, if I don't hear any birds or trees. If it's still, um, and just enjoy being outdoors. That's at least some things that help uh, for me. I have a list of other things, but Melody, what really helps you? What helps me? Well, I love your list and I want to talk about just that one piece that you said, like figuring out what it is for you. It's so individual, right? Like when appealing to our senses, like I, I, I often talk about, you know, a meditation practice for a lot of people, yes. a meditation practice is really sitting and getting still and quiet and like in a peaceful and calm environment. For me, it's turning on like Soundgarden or Metallica and really just letting that music like move through me. So understanding that it's different for everybody and that it's okay. And the way someone else does it isn't the way that you need to be doing it. You need right. to really like develop that voice of intuition, that inner voice of knowing that already knows like, this is what moves me. This is what inspires me. This is what calms me. This is what supports me. So um, I'm totally with you on that and, and figuring out for yourself what it is. Something I often ask my kids, like when they're really feeling down and emotional, like we first look at the physical. I'm like, have you, like, are you dehydrated? Have you had enough water yes. today? Are you hungry, AKA hangry, right? Cause we get so hangry when we're, we haven't eaten on time. So mm -hmm. Like, have you, have you fed your body like with something nourishing yeah. and have you gotten enough sleep, which is one that you mentioned as well, because it's crazy how we can just shift our mood and our emotions can be like, like our, our difficult moments can be exponentially more difficult just because we haven't taken care of our physical needs in that way. So that's something that applies to, to children, but also us adults asking ourselves, like, am I hydrated? <laughs> like, did I eat lunch today? Did I remember lunch or do I need a snack? Yeah. So things like that. Um, and then a very quick one that I use in the moment, we use this in our workshops with girls. I use it basically all the time is a little mantra, peace begins with me. And just remembering that peace begins with you, whatever it is that's in the outside world is activating you, whether it's a thought in your inner world that's activating you, um, to remind yourself that you've got everything you already need inside of you to reclaim that peace. Peace mm -hmm. begins with me. And we do this in our meditation workshop with girls. And it's just a consistent reminder that you can do this like in the middle of a test. You can do this in the middle of an exam. You can do this anywhere that you are. It's an inner tool. Nobody needs to know that you're doing it, but you're just thinking to yourself, peace begins with me and taking deep breaths and just really recalibrating your energy in that moment. 
Um, and I find that it's really a tool to feel better fast for myself as well. So those are just like a few that, that awesome. I would share. Those yeah. Are great. Yeah. I mean, and yeah, that just reminds me affirmations. Affirmations are so powerful. I mean, just that, just repeating that to yourself. Uh, one that right. I constantly tell myself, and I think it, it applies to like everything in life, that this is temporary. Like oh I tell God. myself that all the time. Like when women are struggling in their pregnancies, I'm like, this is temporary. You will not be pregnant forever. When they're really struggling in labor, I go, this is temporary. Like you'll have your baby soon. When they're struggling with their babies not sleeping, this is temporary. <laughs> and I tell myself even that now, like when I'm going through something difficult with work, I'm like, this is temporary. I will figure this out. I am smart. I am capable. Um, you know, things like that. Like just finding your thing that you can repeat to yourself. Um, but I love that. Um, peace begins with me. That's that's such a powerful one to recognize. It's kind of like that other saying saying of you know um, I the like what is it? I determine my own happiness. Mm, and other people do not determine my own happiness. I, I I am the one that determines my happiness. And if I'm feeling happy, I need to. I I'm the only one who can fix that. You know, totally. It's an inside job. Happiness, peace, all of it. It's an inside job. We often walk around in these bodies of ours thinking that we need to look to others to deliver yeah. these things that we first and foremost need to find within, whether, you know, it's love, whether it's respect, whether it's kindness. We go around waiting for someone else to give it to us. And it's like, it's just not realistic. If we are actually expecting to receive those things from the outside world, then we must first deliver them to ourselves. We must show other people how it's done, right? It's like going yes. into a relationship where you don't love yourself and you're basically teaching your partner to not love you either because of the yes. way you treat yourself. So um, just being the deliverer of all of it for ourselves. And something else that comes to mind for me is like in the moments where we struggle, in the moments where we are the most greatly challenged to remind ourselves that like this moment does not define me. This yes. moment is not my essence. And, mm -hmm. and I would say the same thing about happy moments. This moment does not define me either. Like to not find definition and too much meaning in the moments of struggle um, where we, you know, make a decision about who we are and our lives just because we're having a bad day, a bad week, a bad month, a bad year. This does not define me. This is just a part of my journey. These are, yeah. these are things that I as well. That is so helpful. I think we all need that reminder from time to time. And I me love too. that you also said that, like, even in happiness, because I think we're all just or many of us, I don't want to, you know, um, completely lump everyone together, but we look for happiness and like, that is the goal. And when we get it, we're like, okay, I've achieved it. But then it every, again, this is temporary. Life is ever changing. There are ebbs and flows. And so remembering that, like, you know, this is the journey um, and you, you have to enjoy it rather than looking for that, you know, destination because yeah, I, I, totally love what you said. That was really powerful, Melody. Thank you so much. Thank you. And you know, there's this whole idea of toxic positivity, right? Oh, and yeah. I, I think that we think 
that we're supposed to be happy all the time. Like, I, yeah. I think that's like a thing, like we're, we're trying to be happy in every moment and we want our kids to be happy. And if they're not happy, we're like, what's wrong? Like, what's wrong with you? Why aren't you smiling? Why aren't you happy? What? And it's like, you know what? That's just not realistic. Like, yeah. I don't know anyone who's happy in every moment of their lives. I feel like we can be centered and grounded. Um, but I think making happiness this like pinnacle of success in every single moment, we're putting this unrealistic expectation on ourselves and on those that we love, like those who yeah. we're constantly in contact with. Um, and so I, I always say like, let's not make that our primary desire in life. Cause when we don't reach it, we feel like a failure. We feel like there's something wrong with us. We can try to feel peace within every moment. Um, but the happiness piece, it will come and it will go and it's okay if it's not always there. Yeah. Oh, I totally agree. That's super helpful. Yeah. Yeah. This has been so nice, Nina, connecting with you. Um, with your permission, I'd love to put this on the podcast too, I, on my on my podcast, um, because I think we had a really great conversation and I feel like we really gave some some tips and and in the moment tools to to feel better fast. Is there anything that you would like to leave people with on the topic of mental health awareness um, or, or sharing with people how they can get tips and tools in your community? Like, please, by all means, share away. Oh, you're so kind. Um, I think, I think the, the most important thing that I was saying before is really recognizing that there are more people who have mental illness um, then, then we really recognize and that it shouldn't be labeled as such a bad thing. So, um, so yeah, I think that that's just really recognizing and bringing awareness so that people can get more support and that there's less stigma, um, for, for all of that. And so I think that again, just really recognizing the signs and symptoms of mental illness, um, is important that I really wanted to talk about. So if you're not sure what that is, like, it could be like stress or fatigue um, or teenage hormones. You may be thinking your teenager, oh, this is just them being a teenager. This is just their hormones. Um, I think opening those lines of communication and talking about that is really helpful. And I'm sure you would have maybe appreciated that and maybe dug in a little bit deeper with like your stomach ache issues when you were a child to really get the sense of what is the stem root of these tummy aches? When do you experience them? Why are you experiencing you know, that sort of thing I think is really helpful because, yeah, it says like one in four U.S. adults experience mental illness each year. So that's a lot. And then that's, and also nearly, it said 8 million children and adolescents in the U.S. suffer from a serious mental illness. So really recognizing these numbers and knowing that, okay, that that could be your child. Don't say, oh, that, that's not our family. We don't experience that. We don't get help or therapy. And that's for other people. Like, you know, gosh, I, I just think we need to like break that whole stigma and really support one another and also be your own advocate, speak up for what you need, um, find that help um, that you so deserve. So those are the, the main things that I want to say. And like, and then something for new moms, my like go-to resource is Postpartum Support International. So if you go to postpartum.net, they have an amazing resource of so much information um, to help you through that time. Uh, so that's something that I um, highly recommend. So those are just the, you know, my, I wanted to share for, for people out there. 
Amazing. So many great resources. So, so good. And tell, tell people, since I'm going to put this on the podcast too, I know we're on Instagram right now, but let people know where they can find you on all social media platforms. Oh, you're so kind. Yes. Um, so we're on Facebook. If you just type in baby chick or if you go like babychick.com slash, I think it's team baby chick. Um, but on Instagram, we're at the baby chick and our website is baby chick.com. So you can get more information and I can also share in uh, the comments for this, um, the postpartum, uh, plan because I think uh, there's a whole template that I've created that moms can really prepare their postpartum time because they don't know what they need to think about and prepare for. So I wrote up a whole template so that way um, it's free. Um, so that way you don't have to sign up for anything or whatever. It's completely free because um, I think that more people need to start preparing for their support after they become a mom. And yeah, that's, that's us. <laughs> amazing. amazing so generous of you thank you thank you um i loved our time together nina i i appreciate you and i hope we can all walk away from this being just a little more gentle with ourselves and a little more gentle with one another because we just have no idea what anyone is going through and and with the statistic that you just shared was it that one in four adults is suffering mm -hmm. from mental illness chances are that you are on the daily um in contact with someone who is struggling in their own way so just just be kind and be gentle with one yeah. another and our children too our children too don't just scrape it off of oh they're just woke up on the wrong side of the morning of uh, the bed this morning and um really you know talk to your children open those lines of communication and get, get them some help too 100 percent. i love it love it all thank you nina so great chatting with you love chatting well. Oh, uh, yes, you as well. Thank you. We'll do it again soon, okay? Absolutely. All right. Be well. Bye. Bye, everyone. If you love what you are hearing, please go ahead and leave us a review so that we can keep the empowerment flowing. Also, be sure to follow along on Instagram at Girl Life Empowerment, and I would love for you to check out my newly released book, Empowered Women, Empower Girls, across all Amazon platforms. I'm so grateful for you and I can't wait to talk to you again next week.